Oh, Canada, you gave us Cronenberg. That's right, folks. This is a new episode of Galani and Chill with your host, Chris Galanti, and we're talking about David Cronenberg movies. I'm joined here with Steve O'Tieri, Devin Kopeck, and Jonathan Suarez, and we're all about to get that body horror up in ourselves. Hello. Uh, T-I-L, David Cronenberg's Canadian. I did not know that. T-M-I. 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 I don't know that. I don't need to know that about Mr. Canada, the home of body horror. Cannonberg. The birthplace of the Wonder Bra. And insulin. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, because I got into a Twitter feud with um about wait, what was it about? I think it was I actually think it was like a USA versus Canada hockey game in the Olympics like a few years ago. And um it was with a bunch of Canadians and you know we got into it on Twitter, and I had to pull out the big guns. I'm like, you know, the closest thing to landing on the moon that you guys have done was create the Wonder Bra. <laughs> like, that was like the only thing, because I just like looked up important things from Canada. I was, like, <laughs> was like one of the top things. I'm like, we landed on the moon. I mean, it's pretty hard to top that, but at least you guys, you know, invented the Wonder Bra. Uh, also, the Canada. director of the Brood. That's true, but I don't even think they even invented hockey. What? Really? I don't think they, no, they didn't. I don't think they hockey. did. They just stole it from like Scottish people or Russia. I mean, I mean, to be fair, to be fair, Americans yeah. should not point out which things are stolen. Well, I mean, they're North American, <laughs> so yes. <laughs> Who invented they're hockey? Norsemen. Oh, I'm not talking about Canadians right now. I'm just talking about yeah, we Americans everything. in general. Yeah, he's got a point. Let's just say we have a <laughs> habit of giving away bad blankets to people. <laughs> yeah, we invented. Which is also the name banks. of a David Cronenberg movie, Bad Blankets. Bad Blankets, oh no. <laughs> well, that's not true. Oh. <laughs> Buddy horror. <laughs> Buddy horror. Buddy horror. Hey, hey, buddy. <laughs> oh, dear, pal. Oh, bit of buddy horror here. I think, uh. I think Cronenberg made some buddy horrors in here. I think there's some movies. I oh, could... like a buddy horror film? Yeah. Yo, okay, all right. I'm going to pitch a movie to Cronenberg because I know he listens to all these. All right. Yeah, he does. A buddy cop body horror where the cops are fused together into one massive clump. <laughs> Officer Clump. I mean, that's, that's your title right there. Not to, be, not to be confused with the new Eddie Murphy film, Officer Clump. Okay. It was so. a it was a robbery homicide. <laughs> <laughs> Professor Clump, you're getting fat again. Oh no. <laughs> so I feel uh as far as the uh itinerary for our podcast tonight, I think we should talk about the the stuff that we saw over the weekend or week that we want to talk about. Um cuz I know Doctor Strange 2 came out, the Multiverse of Madness, and I got a chance to catch that bad boy. And How was your how was your your date with with the other Chris? Oh, it was uh, respectful. Okay, um, you guys didn't try anything fancy on each other. No, we were just getting to know each other. That's oh, no uh, no popcorn like. tricks. No popcorn yeah. tricks. Out of gets board. to know each other in the stew. So I guess. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. I um. Saw Doctor Strange, of course, the big film, the big Marvel movie that's making a butt ton of money. I don't oh, know man. if you guys I, know that made, or not. It had it an made, $885 million weekend. Apparently. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's got that buzzword in it. 
Chris. It's more than the first oh, two Avengers. A hundred and eighty-five million dollar weekend, guys. Mm, that was a big weekend. Doctor Strange is making that bank. It's making. Uh, yeah, uh, four hundred and fifty worldwide. So a little shy, a little under half a bill. With a two hundred million dollar budget, so they already made their money back. It is. Do you, Do you think this is because of No Way Home, or do you think this is like just like a? Um, it couldn't have hurt. I don't think there's no. I'm trying. I'm trying to think of why, like why, like the sequel to Doctor Strange oh, got you, the you, big you bump because this is the, like the Raimi heads, Steve. No, I know about the. Oh, I know uh, about the Raimi. I don't think that's why. Do you think the Raimi <laughs> meme audience pushed this? Fans. You're gonna tell me. You're gonna tell me that Raimi had all of us Raimi heads who've been waiting ten years. We just gotta direct a goddamn movie again. To be fair, to be fair, you are correct. The last movie I remember seeing of his was like. The drag me to hell, hell. yeah, yeah. yeah. We nobody here, nobody here saw Oz the Great and Powerful, right? No, I did. Actually, that was a first man. Raimi did that that movie, yeah. Yeah. Mm. It's it's or Cronenberg, which (laughs) (laughs) Uh, did you got well? Another reason why it made so much goddamn money is did you see those uh, like those screenshots of like New York theaters? Where the one theater had seventy showings, I did see that. Whoa. What? Yeah, and it was kind of like you know, that's it's kind of funny weird. to look at, but other people are like, "This is distressing." Like it is, man. That's fucking that's seventy. Like there was no because there's no movies out. It was like, well, I mean, there are movies out, but Doctor Strange obviously it, the buzz was crazy for this because, right? Of, you know, metrics. I guess you know, yeah, I, multiverses, man. <laughs> I think John, you're one hundred percent right. I think that's a big reason. Is this going to be the new fad, well. Chris? I it, I think you know because like I, I mean, we, we, got every- Flash, we got Flash movie coming out. I think they got a I, bunch of multiverses in there, buddy. No for, me, for me, at least, I think it's fresh <laughs> because of everything, everywhere, all at once. That's exactly what that movie is, and it's kind of. That movie kind of makes fun of the multiverse concept. Like it really pokes fun at it in a great way. Um, yeah, I just think it's part of the zeitgeist now, man. Everybody wants a multiverse. I mean, it's yeah. I, I mean, it's. I don't know if like multiverse equals big bucks. I mean, I think it sure seems that way. Kids I, love I multiverses think, now. I don't think like. I mean, that is going to be the message. Um, you know, studio execs take from it, like, unfortunately. Mm. But, you know, you can't get to a Spider-Man or Doctor Strange. Like, you know, it's like it's like when everybody wanted the shared universe. Like, you can't get there without doing some legwork. And Well, I, I think to your point, Devin, I think a lot of people thought this was going to be a springboard for where Marvel is going to go, you know, for a long like time. Like all multiverse stuff? Yeah, like I, I think most most people thought this was going to be, and I think it kind of is like an important keystone for I the mean, whole Fe- multiverse Feige, phase four yeah. shit. You know, Feige is on kind of record as saying like Doctor Strange is going to be the new kind of like Tony Stark in terms of like where we're gear, like who's pushing it in a certain direction. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's going to be Doctor Strange type stuff. Um. And based off the movie, which, you know, we, we won't go. I, I, I don't know if I actually mentioned this. I, I also saw the film separately by myself. 
um, in a theater. I think we can talk about, but uh, we won't get too deep into it because Steve and John haven't seen it. I basically have seen it based yeah, on the, 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 the things that have. It's. I mean, I got spoiled you know, on Tuesday, Devin. The movie wasn't even released, and I saw a clip from it. How how was Steve. it? Uh, how was what the was quality the- of the clip? Really impressive. <laughs> I know, but I mean, I mean, like, what was what were you doing where, when you got spoiled? Were you just like on oh, Twitter and it just? I went on Twitter, and one of my uh, followees, or no, no, one of the people I follow, decided to retweet, retweet oh, the spoiler. Oh, that's a bad. That's a, I saw I, um, Steve. I'll, I'll I'll tell you this, man. I think the film in in about seventy five percent of the movie is just. Sam Raimi opening up and and yeah. having fun and shooting I love that. Shooting. I'm definitely going to see it. I'm excited it's, to see it. It's I a beautiful really movie. It, it's oh, really boy, well boy, done. When, when something when something's when a, when a movie gets like a little spoiled, even it's like a punch to the gut, dude. Like yeah. my interest just like goes down, man. It's like, eh, you know what I'm oh, gonna no, do? Yeah. I'm gonna go eat a bunch of pancakes instead now, and I ate forty pancakes instead. <laughs> I will say um, that's a lot of. Pain. I mean, you are right. That's this movie many. is there's a lot going on in this one, man. I um, feel like it's Raimi busting out his whole bag of tricks God. and really doing all these little cool visual techniques. That I hope. I kind of hope like whatever amazing. Steve's got spoiled, it was like really light though. It was like no, it wasn't. From what no, Steve's no, I, I'm sure it <laughs> yeah. wasn't. But I also kind of like he was just like I got spoiled twice. They spoiled the Wonder Girl Mountains. Dude, the Wonder Gorm, Wonder Gorm Mountain. It's horse shit. It's horse shit. It's like it's not that big of a deal. Um, <laughs> I was really looking forward to it, Devin. I um, I okay. I um, I don't think this is a spoiler if you know the director. Um, I was a very big fan of his his longtime collaborator cameo. I thought that was very fucking yes. Fun. That was funny. I, I chortled quite a bit by myself. Yeah, that that was something else. Uh, I laughed at that. <laughs> um, does an Oldsmobile appear? Yeah, yeah. It let's does, go. Right, it does. Let's yeah. go. Um, it it is floating. Yeah, That's it was. All I'll say. I will say. So I, I told you guys the story, but I'll, I'll just tell it again really quickly. Um, we were. I was about. I saw it by myself. Uh, I uh, I just moved to the big bad boy city, and I went to the movie Detroit by myself. Detroit, <laughs> yeah, Detroit. Detroit. Um, and uh, the theater I went to was in disrepair. It was everything was sticky and weird. The chairs didn't work. Uh, which is Kinda whatever. Film, right? Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. <laughs> but um, we're about uh, almost three quarters of the way there, like a little over half. And I just hear a door open because I was right next to, I was all the way to the side. So I heard the doors open and somebody who could not have been older than 10 just shouted out the ending of the movie and the Harry Potter. Oh, yeah. Harry and, Potter. <laughs> And like, and we were deep enough into the movie. (laughs) We were deep enough into the movie where I was able to kind of put together how this could happen. Man, and I was just kind of mad. I mean, I I got over because at the same time, I was I was very very. I think I like this more than actually most people. I I think just because the. Well, I don't want to um, say the buzz isn't good, but you know, it's sitting at a what like a seventy-five. Wait, so you liked it more than No Way Home? 
No, I did not like it more. No, I didn't. I didn't either. I I actually think um, my I have issues with it, and and my, the issues stem entirely from the Marvel Universe stuff. Um, I think any time the film transitions from what Sam Raimi is doing, which is fun and dark and scary and disgusting, and transitions to what they're trying to you know push into the film. I, it just, the, the film loses its pace completely and it slows down and it gets kind of boring in parts. I, I guess, um, I'm a little over the fact of having this stuff being pushed into a movie, especially a movie like this with a director I really respect and having him kind of just being like, Oh fuck. Okay, fine. I'll throw in what <laughs> they want. Like it, it feel, it felt like a little bit like Spider-Man three, not as, as bad, obviously. No, yeah. But like definitely like the the executive producers getting involved and saying, well, you need to add this, this, and this to your well because there were there were like a... <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, Chris in your theater, did you get your traditional whoops and wet and yells and excitements when not really people showed up? No, really. so when I I saw it Saturday night at like ten p.m. and I was with just you know I don't want to say randos, but like. It was it's weird because, again, like when you saw Spider-Man, when everything's showing up, you, you know, you're getting that that fucking excitement. Yeah. And then it's like when certain characters are showing up, I'm just like, like you hear a, a but, like a murmuring, but like certain characters showed up and like to fucking nothing. And I was like, yeah, yeah, there was very little, little aplomb for the characters that were introduced that were, yeah. you know, the big ones. And like, okay, I have to admit, like, I, I didn't care either. Like, I wanted the, the, the weird, scary shit more than that. Man, like I, I think that works so is so cool. Too. It's so fucking good. It's um, so good. It's, I it's, did, I dig that. You know, there was a worry I think from a lot of people that like he wasn't going to be able to make a Sam Raimi movie. Um, you know, well, I think seventy five percent of this movie is a Sam Raimi movie. <laughs> is that why it's a seventy five percent on Rotten Tomatoes? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think they're on to something there. Oh, man, I, was, I think uh, I think three quarters of it is really his product and the other is what they wanted him to make yeah it's um which is like excited for you guys to see so we can really dive into it because i think i want to see it again honestly i want to i wanted this to be a mary and i don't think i don't think it's close but it's not a mary i i was like i was pretty locked into a mary and then i i mean again without really talking about it with you specifically chris i feel like it, it kind of lost a little bit of that steam yeah and so i wasn't kind of sure but like i, I don't know uh, i i do i think i really want to see it again um it so. felt like a long two hours would you would you say that's somewhat true it's only two hours long the movie it yeah like two it's two fourteen, two hours six minutes, three forty five, like everything minutes. is these days. Yeah, his. I think the I read somewhere the original cut was two hours forty minutes, which interesting because I'm like, what else? Yeah, was that in is kind of interesting. <laughs> like, granted, it's like a million and one things could have been in there. But, if it's uh, more Sam Raimi, I think that's great. All right, Chris. Be in very broad strokes, I, I'm hearing some backlash about a certain fight scene near the end of the movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. Do you, are you pro or uh, and I was I was a fan of it. I was like, this is fun. I didn't hate it necessarily. It did it. it... The problem I feel like is whenever they take the focus off it being kind of a Sam Raimi film, it sort of gets kind of corny. Okay, 
but like I know it's kind of I was kind of like I was like this seems exactly what Sam Raimi would do. I agree, and I and I think it also set up the villain uh, rather well. If, if this is the scene, I'm, I think we're talking about. We'll 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 discuss it. We'll discuss right, it. right, right, right. Um, um, I think it really it gave the villain uh, more of a presence. Made, made the villain scary. Yeah, and that's oh. important. You know. Yeah. Also, real talk, um, really quickly. Uh, also, the first like twenty minutes of the movie, they didn't shut the lights off. Oh my god! So, yeah, I was. It was Yo, uh, welcome to Philly, Devin. That's another welcome to Philly moment. I was like, Jesus Christ! Got to keep I the lights do? on here. I was like, I think I'm just gonna go. <laughs> we're paying, I think this I'm what just we're paying be, for. It's not. I'm more than willing. It's too scary. Turn the lights on. I'm more than willing to travel to with to hang out with my friends to see movies in a theater that isn't a fucking shithole. I think uh, it um it did honest. add an, a nice little horror aspect to the Marvel universe, which is cool. Yeah. I'm da- I'm all about that. I think the Marvel universe is not scary at all. <laughs> no, well, uh, yeah, and I you don't know? think it's supposed to be, right? I mean, well, in the, in this circumstance, it works really well. And yeah, it, yeah. I mean, you're like, I do, it, maybe it does belong in the Marvel universe to some degree. This, you know? It's funny because this really made me want to watch the first one because it's because uh, the tone is so different it's uh, and granted yeah. you know that character has gone through many changes in between that movie and this movie but um i think i think they made i think they made a fuller doctor strange in this movie as far as the yeah. character is concerned i think it it really ex- exemplified like the whole extreme genius and kind of insecurity that he always kind of carries around with him yeah. Um, so the, the writer described Dr. Strange as a mixture between Indiana Jones and Anthony Bourdain. Hmm. Which is, uh, that's interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Um, also, shout outs to the score, dude. I was feeling it. That was a pretty good I was, score. I was a big fan of that, of the score. Yeah, it was, it was, uh, it was shocking when it needed to be and mm-hmm. kind of creepy. Was it Danny Elfman again? I don't think it was hold on yeah hold on let me see that too let me see i could be wrong no it is yes it is daniel Aha! Ooh, he's dusting <laughs> off dusting off uh from the spider-man movies mm-hmm. i guess that makes sense you know i feel like that it fit. it fit really yeah. well i don't know it's just yeah it's just like I don't know. There's some like weird at times Elf like man. heavy metal vibes, <laughs> and you're like, yeah. "What is happening?" That was interesting. I like that. I didn't hate yeah, it. Yeah, no, exactly. It's and I do think in a weird way it was getting a little bit of pushback because it's it sticks out as opposed because again, like I've said this a thousand times, it's not new or unique of a take, but it's like there is the complaint that you know at its worst you could really just kind of pick the assembly line comment and point it at a Marvel movie. Uh, and this is, I don't want to say a breath of fresh air because I, I really more mostly I don't really agree with that. But it is so nice when something really shoots out and is unique in a fun way. Yeah, I think it's Whereas unique. Eternals was unique in not a fun way. And and I think it also had one of my favorite endings to a Marvel movie too because it's uh, very <laughs> yeah, Sam Raimi. <laughs> yes, exactly, dude. I, I like, like that oh, a lot. Okay. That that made me um, happy. It made me smile. However, <laughs> I will say uh, the bumper end scenes and after credit scenes are terrible, except for the very the the first uh, end end yeah, yeah. credit the, scenes. A, the is mid terrible. credit is. I'll be honest. I think that was the first time I was totally lost. 
I was like, yeah, I don't know who that is. It's so silly. Um, and, and then, really, and then, um, yeah. the end scenes, you know, they're always kind of stupid, but, but that was fun. That yeah, was it was fun. You know, that was fun. Um, yeah, overall, I think it's a fuck. I think it's a high fuck. Yeah. Uh, good ah, sit. A great sit. I, th- I think I want to say, I think I want to say soft Mary hard fuck. Yeah. Again, I, I, I really am playing on seeing it again this week. Uh, so next time, next week, we'll be able to really dive into it. Uh, I have I'm been, just I've been kind of what this not, scene is not under, not like under impressed, but I don't think there's been a Marvel movie that's been as good as Spider Man last year. That's came out like I've been kind of eh, meh. I mean, these are good, and I really like Sam Raimi's take on Doctor Strange too. But I think that movie was better in a lot of ways. Um, yeah yeah but yeah dr strange 2 go out and see it if you haven't already if you got it spoiled i suggest still seeing it it's really yes. visually fun movie to well can i point out the the worst spoiler that has been given to me all right big spoiler time here this folks. is a big spoiler all right so somebody ran up to me when we were at ikea yesterday shook me and started describing um, every camera pan and angle <laughs> in exact order. That was me. And then the camera swoops in. And it, oh, it's, oh, it's literally classic Raimi cam, dude. I'm sorry. Steve. <laughs> My Chris, stop it. No! <laughs> I hope that's true. I hope that's actually. I, no, that's I, that's I, I gave him a few little, little snippets and of he, course. you know, he, he was, he was loving them. You were loving those. Steve, I was so. eating. I was eating it. I was eating it up. Yeah. There's some cool dissolves. There's some cool wonners. There's dissolves. Uh, I, yeah, that's, that's a Raimi thing, man. Does Bruce yeah. Campbell make an appearance? Yes. Oh man. <laughs> He's Cyclops, isn't he? Yeah. Cyclops from X Men. You know what? You know what? I got, a, I got an IMDb something because I was. I, I know, know his name. It's it's I, I Scott Summers. No, no, yeah, no. We can't say his name. I That's, can't say his name. Yeah, no, Scott no. Summers. Um, All right, let's move on. Let's move on. Yeah, let's, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. What, oh, else, what else has people been? Yes, I yes. saw. So I finished Moon Knight. I finished hey. it. Um. It is an above-average Marvel show, which you know was they're it, all pretty. Watchable. Wait, what's the what's your favorite Marvel show? Fuck, it's like tough because they all kind of fall apart at some point, you know, in a, in, a, in an annoying way. How can a show fall apart in six episodes? <laughs> no, that's the thing. No, no, that's I don't the get thing. it. WandaVision. I don't, what the yeah, fuck yeah, is that WandaVision, about, man? WandaVision. I know, I know it's a thing, but that shouldn't be a thing. <laughs> I know. Uh, they all like lose steam somewhere, you know? Um, I, I don't know. It was just like overall pretty solid. It's just like, I think, honestly, the character of Moon Knight is just not super cool. Like uh, to me, to me, right? And, and, um, well, to most people, oh it's not just Oscar you. Isaac, Oscar Isaac and everybody like really they, they do the character. They make him interesting. Like you're like, hell yeah. But I guess I hate to say it, but like in a weird way, I was just kind of like. It's only six episodes. It's kind of a one and done according, you know, to reports. And I know it's who knows. Right. Um, because it just as it really kind of starts to get interesting in terms of, um, you know, certain characters and like personalities and things like that. It just kind of 
you know, it ends and you're like, okay, I I didn't want that. I want it more. Damn it. Mm. And then, you know, it just kind of is what it is. But I I will say, you know, if you have it, if you have Disney plus, it's super worth it. It's totally worth your time. It is, it is genuinely a good show. Um, But it's also, you know, I would not be like Chris, sign re-sign back up for disney plus to, to uh, no it. i won't yeah no it was that would be my response. listen I'll, I'll tell you man i will tell you maybe when, if uh disney changes it. their stance on the some of their political no they already they already showed me their true colors john <laughs> <laughs> it's over <laughs> I, I don't like this story. I don't like this been. multiverse where Chris is against Disney for the wrong reasons. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, transfer us uh, back to, to Earth One, please. Thank you. Oh, and you know what? Um, this this was a Chris special. I started watching Yu Yu Hakusho. Oh, Yu Yu Hakusho, baby! Spirit gun. We're, spirit we're, gun. Yeah, I'm, I'm in the spirit gun with the energy sword and mm. all that fun stuff. You got Kukubara's in there too. <laughs> Kukubara is a fucking. He should be the hero, he isn't really, he? The best. He, I mean, it's just he's far more interesting of a character. His Yusuke, his, you're a big pussy. <laughs> I just, I mean, like honestly, in general, like I think it's the same voice actor as Zenigata. I, I has to be. I right? think it is. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like half that cast. I'm like, oh, that's Piccolo. That's Vegeta. That's, yeah, that's yeah. Android 18. You know, it's like or 17. You know, it's like okay, but uh, it's just interesting because um, it it really is like it's old. Uh, Yu Yu Hakusho was an old anime. Is it like, older than Dragon Ball Z? I think it is. I don't think it's older than Dragon, Dragon Ball. Ball. Oh, Dragon Ball. Yeah. yeah. Um. I'd have to like really kind of look it up in terms of when that was released. Eighty six, hmm. I think, was Dragon Ball. Oh, okay. Um, I think you shot was the early nineties, right? You Hakusho was ninety two. Yeah. So if we just do some final, uh, so I do my hacking. Oh no, Dragon Ball Z was eighty nine. Okay, so wow. never mind. It's it was post every uh, post Dragon Balls. I mean. You know, Dragon Ball Z ran for fucking ever. Dragon Ball but, You know what was weird? Yeah. I, I, I started Dragon watching Ball this Z. in middle school. And it was like, I feel like everybody was watching Dragon Ball Z at that time. Oh, and man. I saw this on Toonami. And I was like, what the fuck is this shit? Dragon Ball Z. This isn't like Dragon Ball Z. I didn't even know. Like, I, I kind of was in the dark with Dragon Ball Z. Where are the dragons at? I'm waiting for the dragons. I don't see any. Um, but this, this show hit me, I think, because I like ghosts and like, you know, monsters God. and shit. That always kind of, that's a big yeah. part of the show that I yeah, like. Yeah, Yusuke is cool. Kurabara's Kurabara's way fucking cooler. Yeah, he is. Hiei's fun. And uh, did you get to Hiei yet? Yeah, Hiei and Yoko Kurama. Yeah, Kurama. The rose, is, the rose sword cool. dude. Yeah, right now they're trying to, uh, they're in like a castle trying to do shit. And then they're trying to get some artifacts, right? That were stolen. Yeah, yeah. And then because like right. a bunch of dead people are taking over the city right now. It's, it's, it's fucking. Cool. I will say it's the voice actress shit. for, and I'm 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 a dub boy. I'm a dub boy. So Botan, like Jeff, <laughs> Why you that voice actress is dubs. Straight. Dude, come on, dude. It's I like, easier I like and it's more it's more American. So I like it. <laughs> yeah, it's more American. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> 
I, can, I only understand, understand American. I don't understand any other language. <laughs> I, I will. What American. I will say this. I think it's harder for me to watch a show subbed. Yeah. No. I, I, I always say that. Like. Yeah. I can make it. You know, I, will, I enjoyed Parasite more with the dubs on. As well. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey there, Parasite. How you doing? <laughs> <laughs> no, because like here's the thing. I can make an agreement with my phone to not look at it for like a two hour movie or something like that. You know, uh, yeah. Anime is just it's tough to like yeah focus like that for me. You know, yeah, I'm in the same boat. Um, yeah, yeah but you yeah. Hawk Show man, you, you, it gets going obviously when it hits the tournament, so you got some time. Yeah, yeah. Before it really starts, and um, you know, um, this isn't new, and this isn't just me, but uh, I've been watching Barry. Oh, very glad. Glad Barry exists again. That's a good show. <laughs> yeah, and it's like not much else, but like nothing fucking Barry's a really good show. I'm enjoying Barry. I'm enjoying Better Call Saul. Better Call Saul. It's second episode of its fifth season. We're on its fifth season now. Yeah, holy, six, like that. is it six? Uh, holy shit. That was incredible. <laughs> Steve, you were talking about that. Oh, dude, it. I was le- like legit. I, I turned to Chris and I was like, do Barry and Better Call Saul have like all the good cinematographers in Hollywood right now? Because like those shows are like staggering, staggering yeah. in like what they do visually. I think that one shot of Nacho hiding in the oil. Oh my god! Oh baby, I was I was so in. I was so Dude, just in. Even the the intro to that episode, or yeah. the the one not this one, but the one prior to that, because I think it doesn't matter, man. It's just fucking. It's it's a, dope. It's a tier. It's S tier TV. That's the best TV on right now. There's no yeah, better. Yeah, and TV. it's kind of frustrating because I kind of wish I had one front runner, a clear front runner. Yeah. Like, oh, okay, Barry. Oh, okay, Better Call Saul. No, it might come out at the same time. Better Call Saul's got the end season thing going on. Oh, you know man. what I mean? I know. Oh, it's so good right now. Yeah, I know. Um, yeah. Yeah, and that came out as a total surprise too. What happened? We're that, we're so. we're bumping and grinding with with TV and, and movies right now. You so know, I feel like it, when it up. rains, it pours. Yeah, you know? I'd say that. Like it, it gets like I what, what was it like a month ago? It was nothing. We had nothing to talk about. <laughs> and no, Moon Knight, Chris, come on, uh, Moon nobody, Knight. Nobody here has Disney besides Knight. you. Wait, do you, John? Do you have Disney Plus? Hmm. Yeah, you my what? Do you have Disney Plus still? Yeah, dude, I have a fucking yeah, one-year-old. Like... <laughs> dude, we have to... Sometimes he's going to get tired of it, but like we've... He literally only... The only movie he, he'll stop everything he's doing to watch, and it works every time, is uh, Turning Red. He like For some reason, he just wow. loves it. Interesting. Maybe loves, it's a boy band loves, thing. He got yeah, that he from loves Sam. That boy band. Just loves boy he bands. Loves that boy band. Loves that boy band. <laughs> Which I'm cool with. I'm all right with. Yeah, man. Loves that but, BTS... Uh, He's a BTS fan, dude. Can you quote the movie now, John? Entirely? No, not yet. No. I, I, the songs are stuck in my head though. Yeah. Yeah. I see. I want to watch. I want Disney Plus for those animated movies because some of them are really good. And I do. That's the few things I'm kind of missing because I want to see Encanto. Mm. You know. Yeah. But that's you know the what? one you would quarter up on, maybe. Yeah, because I hear so much good things about it. You, you know? and I, Chris, we can snuggle up on the couch, watch the main canto, and then you know we'll rub leave a couple seats. skid marks on the new couch, baby. Yeah. Oh shit! Ooh. Naked Disney Plus, oh, all right. Poopy buttholes. 
It's a weird picture you put in my brain. Well, folks, uh, if that's all the new stuff, unless something else says, yes, sir, it's all I got. Okay, I watched uh, The Godfather the other day. Oh, but, uh, oh, I don't have to talk about that. No, I <laughs> oh, that new movie I heard hated it, <laughs> dude. I think I could talk about The Godfather for hours. That could be I its own it. podcast. I, that I could be, be its own podcast. It should be. I really, because like I, I maybe after Jean Claude Van Damme, because that's next <laughs> month, folks. That's what I'm going to be watching is the Jean Claude Van Damme movie. But maybe after Jean Claude Van Damme, I'll do Francis Ford Coppola, and you know Mario oh, Puzas, Mario Puzas Bloodsport. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, maybe I'll because like you know I want to do some popcorn stuff, and then I want to transition back to the. The auteur and then the popcorn. You know, that's kind of what I tell me. Jean Claude Van Damme's not auteur. Come on. Did you call him Jean Claude Van Damme? Jean. (laughs) No, you know, I think I was like made unmuting when I said that. Jean Claude. Jean Claude Van Damme. The muscles from Brussels is on is on the menu. JCVD for Galani and Chill next month. But this month, what I watched, and it was more than a month. It was probably like a month and a week. Uh, I tried to watch all the David Cronenberg films, and I didn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> well, to be fair, doesn't he have like? I think there's twenty films. movies. Oh, there's okay. twenty films. Um, then you have no excuse. I have no excuse. I watched fifteen of them. I actually have seen the other four. Per- the, after History of Violence, I stopped at History of Violence. I've seen Cosmopolis. I've seen. Um, uh, Eastern Promises. Uh, I've seen a lot of those other movies. I just didn't rewatch them again for Galani and Chill. Sure. But I did miss a few here and there that I just, A, couldn't find. Uh, I had a hard time finding. Um, and uh, those are a few of his early films. And uh, one other, Cronenberg. Uh, Sorry, folks. I should have this all written down. But I don't because I have a job now. <laughs> You piece of shit. Yeah, I know. I'm a big <laughs> piece of garbage, shit. Dude. Um, I couldn't find M. Butterfly. I couldn't find Fast Company. Um, and Spider I forgot about. <laughs> and that one I just plain forgot. <laughs> That's oh, a total okay. admission of me. Um, but like I said, I've seen Eastern Promises. I've seen A Dangerous Method. I've seen Cosmopolis. The only new film of his I haven't seen is Maps... Maps to the stars um that was you know just couldn't fit it in it's a lot of movies um but i watched 15 of them and still a lot of movies it's still a fuck ton of movies i mean maybe and oh sorry it's not all marvel movies devin all eight Marvel movies you know what i do guys this is what (laughs) i do every every (laughs) time a marvel movie comes out i rewatch the whole thing up to in order Chronological, wow. including the shows. <laughs> so, so you start with Captain America, or no? I, no, Iron no, Man. I watched. No, this is what I did. Thor. I watched, well, I watched. Are you watching them chronologically, or the chronologically first... based on when they happen in the timeline? No. Okay. So I watched the first like five minutes of Thor because that takes place pre like everything, <laughs> and then I switch over to Captain America, and then I switch back over something else. That sounds miserable. Then, yeah. No. Every time a movie comes out. This is great. Even when I got to see, like, you know, 
Morbius. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. We need to move on. Once Morbius gets caught up, we need to jump straight into the meat of it. So tell me, tell me what movies you Morbius did watch. Movie. Tell me what movies you did watch, Chris. Well, I and skipped his first couple movies. Well, I, I watched them, but I'm not going to talk about them because they're you're student- like shit, garbage, <laughs> trash. <laughs> they're student films, um, and they're like one of them is like it's like um, legit. Uh, Steve knows what that is. That's like a it's single la jete la jete uh, okay. single still photography with narration. And I was like, I don't, I don't need to watch that. So I, that's called stereo. And then he made Morbius in nineteen ten. Oh, I'm just kidding. He made Crimes <laughs> of the Future. <laughs> he made Crimes of the Future, which is another independent project, also still imagery with narration. It's kind of a hard thing to watch. Um, mm. I, La Jete is an exception because it's A, it's short. B, it's, it's really good. And it's an interesting story. That's you can always watch the remake, Five Monkeys. <laughs> 12 Monkeys? 12 Monkeys, 12 Monkeys. Why did I say five? <laughs> I forgot the number of monkeys. It's like when I said six heads in a duffel bag. <laughs> you know what? Don't put don't put a specific number in your title. I'm gonna forget it, except for seven. Yeah, you're not gonna forget. Seven. Well, because that is the title. It's not <laughs> if it was seven monkeys, you would have been. Screwed. I feel like the monkey part. I'm remembering. <laughs> well, I skipped ahead, and I want to talk about Shivers, which was made in 1975. Ooh. It's his third film. Uh. The original shooting title was Orgy of the Blood Parasites. Uh, That's hot. Uh, This film, the plot loosely is based around a a virus that causes people to turn into lust zombies and attack people and want to fuck them. Um, Oh, okay. It was the most profitable Canadian film made to date in 1975. Uh, the film was partially funded by the taxpayer-funded Canadian Film Developmental Corporation. Canadian journalist Robert Fulford commented on the film saying, you should know how bad this film is. After all, you paid for it. Whoa. <laughs> fucking burn, dude. This is like a rift on the crazies and Night, uh, Dawn of the Dead, Night of the Living Dead. Mm. Um, it's Cronenberg putting a stamp on the whole zombie genre, which was really popular in the seventies, obviously, as we know. Um, but he adds a lot of different uh, little changes, especially them being more concerned with lust than uh, eating flesh. I thought that was kind of interesting. It also is kind of a, a send up to like the sixties and the whole free love movement and how that was dying out in the seventies. And how they just became like fucking sex monsters instead of changing the country and the world. Um, That's the same problem Trudeau's doing, having right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, due to this article, which the, the article I just quoted, Cronenberg uh, had a hard time gaining funding and was kicked out of his apartment based on a morality clause. <laughs> Silly ass story, right? Uh, but yeah, no, um, this film is very much like an um, horror exploitation, sci-fi film, uh, very independent, very gory, a lot of sex, a lot of nudity. 
Uh, I walked away from this movie thinking that the main character spoke too softly. And that ki- that is a real pet peeve of mine Ooh, in movies. I, I agree with you. I agree with you. I really don't like it when people just speak like this throughout the entire film. I want to lose was, my mind. It was less audio mixing and more like just like somebody's fucking talking. Like well, fool. honestly, I think it's a part of a Cronenberg trend, which I don't like. Uh, you know, I heard, trend I hear a rumor. I heard a rumor. He has very sensitive ears. And he's always like, <laughs> too loud on set. You're too loud. Stop screaming. So he's trying oh, to sh- You become a fly. You don't scream. <laughs> um, it's a cool movie, though. Uh, outside of that, it's it's a fun movie to watch. Uh, it's completely free on YouTube. If you guys want to check it out. Um, yeah, it's it's like I said, a, a, a Cronenberg send up on zombies and it works. Majority of it works. It's got a great ending. All right. So you got to realize, and I'm sure some of you understand this, most Cronenberg endings are sad and it, it usually ends with the main character dying. Like that's just his thing. That's what he yeah, does. Okay, makes sense. He's a depressing person. <laughs> but I think um, it worked in this film. I think that that concept worked, especially considering how much I hated the main character. But uh, 1975, it was uh, budgeted at $179,000. It made a million dollars in the box office, which is, you know, decent amount of money. Again, highest grossing Canadian film at that time in 1975. 87 minutes, easy thing to, to blow through. A lot of fun. Good horror movie. Now we'll move on to his... That was Shivers, film. right? That was Sorry. Shivers. That okay. was Shivers. Okay. Um, now we move on to his fourth film called Rabid. Um, the film was originally titled Mosquitoes. He's always got these crazy-ass titles. Um, but the plot of it is a woman after a skin graft surgery from falling in a bike accident develops a clitoral stinger in her armpit that drains people's blood. And she's played by Marilyn Chambers, who was a porn star in the 70s. <laughs> this is uh, fun. Can we dial that back just like three sentences? Yeah, sure. What she got? A clitoral stinger yeah. in the armpit. Yeah, of all places, right? I think I think it's based on mosquitoes. I think some mosquitoes or some strains of mosquitoes have their stingers aren't in the in the butt, but they're in like the thorax. Okay. Now I know people have a hard time finding the clit. <laughs> Mr. Cronenberg, I do not think it's in the armpit, sir. Uh, well, he would disagree with you because this experimental skin graft surgery that she got, that's exactly what happens. Oh, okay. It was experimental skin like, graft. It sounds like a, the, the synopsis of a, like a, of a porn. It kind of is. <laughs> this doctor was like, I mean, there's a lot of. We're finding it. We're going to find it real quick. Listen, he, he's making movies in the 70s. Exploitation movies are really popular. And he was also kind of pushing the envelope when it came to nudity. And he really liked Marilyn Chambers. Apparently, he liked her not only in her... He didn't watch her in porn. Apparently, he never saw her most famous porn movie, which is yeah, like... Yeah, I've hunt. never seen any porn either. That's wild. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even want... He said he never saw it. He said he saw her in another film where she was tr- she was trying to become an actress, and um, 
he liked her. He liked her her ability, her skill, and he went to her first. Actually, no, she was second. The first choice Cronenberg uh, wanted was Sissy Spacek, but the producers didn't want her because of her Texas accent, her Texan accent. Uh, that's what we call racism here in the United States. <laughs> I don't know about you guys, but I'm a, I'm a little offended. Uh, the 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 Canadian uh, developmental the Canadian Film Developmental Corporation publicly distanced themselves from Cronenberg due to his last movie, so he didn't have funding for this from them. In Canada, they fund the the government funds their films, which is pretty cool. I have to admit. Okay. Um, Ivan Retman, who uh, was also a producer on this film, suggested Marilyn Chambers because he thought the film would be easier to market in some territories with a famous porn star as the lead. That's what works. That's simple stuff, you know? Yeah, of course. And they knew they would get eyes on it if it was Marilyn Chambers. So Ivan Retman made an executive decision. Cronenberg saw her in another movie, you know, to, to bone up on her. And <laughs> no fun at <laughs> yeah, okay. okay. And then um, decided she was the best pick. And she's good in this. She's not bad. She's she's She plays the titular uh, rabid character with the clitoral stinger. And she's like a seductress. And everybody that she stabs with a, the stinger turns into like a vampire of sorts. So it's, again adding into that whole zombie element where they're not really um, vampires. I'd say they're more like zombies. Um, But then uh, there's kind of a twist in the plot where it sort of becomes like a quarantine film, like a disease, like a mass outbreak movie. And it, you know, gave me a little like uh, COVID vibes. Yeah. Because people are like talking, like stay in your homes. I mean, that's how I got COVID getting my armpit stung by (laughs) <laughs> by cl- cl- a clitoral stinger <laughs> yeah got me and i was like Ugh. And what, what i like too is like she tries to eat regular food like she wants to be normal but like you know she can't she has to drink blood through the stinger to survive and it you know it, it adds like another element to her character and it's it's i'm you know i'm going out on a limb on it because i liked it i thought it was fun um, and it's not just like a dumb horror movie. I think there's something else going on. And that's kind of Cronenberg's thing. He takes something that you think would be initially kind of stupid and he adds like these high minded like ideas to it. And it's becomes something in the middle, <laughs> you know, but, um, yeah, hmm. rabbit was really interesting. And now we're going to move on to his next big horror movie. I did not watch fast company. Cause I couldn't find it. It's actually a Cronenberg movie about car racing. I know I really wanted <laughs> to watch it. Um, couldn't find it. Instead, we move on to the brood, uh, which was written and directed by David. You sound like you've seen this before. Whoever side. No, no just, he's thinking about Gangrel. I was thinking about Nightbreed. I'm you're thinking about oh, Nightbreed. you're thinking about different. Okay, you're thinking about Nightbreed. Uh, <laughs> I, you know, actually, I'm not actually not to sound totally douchey, but I actually think I have seen The Brood, like, way, way, just kind of randomly, because it's so like it's, weird little kids, right? Yeah, you're absolutely yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's about uh, children that are birthed from a mother who can have children grow on the outside of her body, 
and she she uh, reproduces asexually. <laughs> oh. oh, okay. And she makes these children that do her bidding, that go out and kill like her her husband who treated her badly, uh, the doctors treating her, trying to make her healthy because she's insane. Um, yeah, but that is generally that is the plot. She's literally got like these sacks growing off of her Ugh. at the end of the movie. <laughs> So, okay, I, I mean, real quick, just to, like, kind of sidestep everything. Yeah, sure, what you got? It's, it's So, obviously, it's Cronenberg. It's his early, right? I'm still, this yeah. is still pretty early this on. This is his sixth movie. And it just sounds like it's, like, really not so much plot and more just, like, look at this weird thing I did. Check it kinda. out. And that's kind of – so, am I correct? Is that is that the vibe you kind of got from these movies so far, at least? It's, 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 this? it's high concept and kind of – low brow gore right mixed okay. together okay. which i i can't hate that sure, like, yeah you know like there's it's it's trying to inject intelligence into something that's inherently stupid <laughs> right right and 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 i i'm I, it's almost like you 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 read a synopsis for one of these movies and you're like that sounds dumb and then you see it and it's executed in kind of a smart way um, so it's it tricks you a little bit. It makes you think it's going to be stupid, but it's actually kind of smart. Um, and the brood is like that because the way they kind of break down how she's giving birth is through like this weird like psychotherapy, like telepathic uh, meets biological uh, amalgamation. Um, and she's producing these creatures out of rage. <laughs> It's cool. I don't know. Like, yeah, I mean, it doesn't sound. It's a, it's, that it's cool. It's a, it's a really high, high-minded setup to something silly, and yeah. it. But like, the effects look really neat for the time, um, mm-hmm. and the acting is is good. Like, um, Patrick McGugan is in this, and I, I fucking love. Oh uh, no, I'm sorry. That's Scanners. Excuse me. I jumped ahead. Uh, no, but the actresses and actors in The Brood are also very good. They're English actors and actresses. And there was actually a really cool scene in The Brood uh, that was cut. And uh, David Cronenberg responded to it as, I had a long and loving close-up of Samantha, who's the main uh, character of the film, licking the fetus when the censors, those animals, <laughs> cut it out. The result was people thinking she was eating the baby that's much worse than what I suggested. <laughs> this, that, like what I've learned from researching Cronenberg as a person, he seems like a funny guy. Like uh, he makes jokes about a lot of what's going on. And I think he, he thinks that his plots are silly and he knows they are, but he tries to make them bigger than they are. And he, and he admits when they're not, which right. I, I dig that. I think if you're willing to try different ideas and different approaches to things and then are even not upset when they don't work, man, you're, you're onto something there as far as art goes being creative. Um, so the brood Cronenberg wrote this while going through a divorce. Uh, it was a response to the overly optimistic depiction of a familiar breakdown in Kramer versus Kramer. <laughs> So he, he thought Kramer versus Kramer was too soft when depicting a divorce. <laughs> so he's like, I'm going to write something that is dark and fucked up that really, really portrays how I feel. 
and that's all. <laughs> I like that. that. A, a terrible divorce. Uh, it holds an 84% of Rotten Tomatoes, audience score 68%, as a box office of 5 million, budget of 1.5, and a runtime of 92 minutes. I have to say, too, going forward, a lot of his movies make money. Like, they're not failures. Like right. These, well, these mm-hmm. movies draw cash. There you go. So, like, I, I, that's one thing you wouldn't expect from these plots, too, and these, and these films. But they do. They make, they make bank. Um, so that moves us to Scanners, which was made in 1981. This is his seventh film. Um, Scanners, I think, is where I run, ran into a wall. I think Scanners is, is a valley, not a peak. Um, I don't know if anybody here has saw Scanners before. Uh, I've only seen you've the seen GIF. the scene. Yeah, the I've scene. Seen the GIF. Yeah, that scene is the best part of the movie, uh, in my Wait, opinion. So S- Scanners. Okay, hold on. So because Scanners is might... about tele telepaths. Uh, yeah, people with telepathic not... abilities, and they can make people kind of not only do what they want, but cause them like harm in in ways to their bodies. Um. Yeah, you guys all seen the GIF, and yeah. trust me, the the GIF that the actual effect was created by Dick Smith, and if you guys don't know who Dick Smith is, Dick Smith trained Rick Baker, like he is the oh. the progenitor and forefather of not only Rick Baker but I believe um, the guy who um, did the makeup for the thing. Like, there's mm-hmm. so many people that kind of can tie their tutelage back to Dick Smith. And uh, that scene is incredible. Like as far as an effect goes, that looks incredible. Um, Is better than the head exploding in Dawn of the Dead. (laughs) (laughs) And that was like of only what, six years after, or actually Dawn of the Dead was what, 78 or 76? 78. 78. Yeah. It was like three years after. And that effect is so much better. Yeah, um, and it, it's basically the same things too. With they they use like leftover hamburger, like burgers and shit to give it more gore. It just it's, it looks amazing. Um, but the film itself was rushed into production without a finished script due to a tax shield for producing film in Canada ending in the 1980s. So they were trying to get this movie made before this tax shield for producing film ended and they would have to pay the full amount for the movie. Oh, so it's, it's a rushed film. And I kind of, I don't know. I got that impression. You feel it in it. I do. I feel like it's a half baked concept and the film itself is, is lacking in substance. You get one scene. We got taxes. If we got to keep more shoots going basically. And like, let's just go. Cronenberg was saying like he spent mornings of this production writing scenes and then shooting Mm. them in the day. Like he didn't sleep. He said it was the hardest production he's ever had to deal with. Uh, so, um, but yeah, I think it is a Valley for, for Cronenberg. I don't, I don't think this is one of his better movies Has a 70% on rotten tomatoes. Far too high. Far too high. Uh, box office fourteen point two million though, pretty good. I was okay. gonna say, I mean, that's like when you think of it, when you think Cronenberg, that's like it's right up there with like The Fly and stuff like that. In my yeah, opinion. you're absolutely right. In terms of like what people know him from, 
I think it's it's um not the greatest foot forward. If I, like because I remember when I was younger wanting to watch Cronenberg movies, and I already saw The Fly, and I was like, oh, Fly's fucking great. And um, having going at Scanners first because of that exactly, Devin, that being like the second movie you know of when you hear Cronenberg, and it just like I'm not being interested in it. then. I'm still not interested in it now. Mm. Like nothing changed. <laughs> it was. It's not like it went over your head. You were like, no, oh, no, this is just bad. <laughs> no, no. There's a lot of again highfalutin concepts in it, but like they're all pretty easily understandable because I'm so familiar with telepathy in general, like in movies and shit. Like <laughs> okay, in movies and movies. Yeah, in movies. not in real life. <laughs> okay. Uh, as you know, I am the resident psyker here. Of the- <laughs> I had to. <laughs> I had to clear my mind for a moment. Like, oh. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, but we're all, we know how it works, you know, mm-hmm. we, yeah. we know the general I've seen conceits. X-Men, yes. Yeah. yeah, come on. There's so many movies that do that now. So like, yeah, it just feels, um, yeah, it's not hard to understand. It's just, it's half-baked, you know, it's not all there. <laughs> you, you need a Cerebro. Come on, bro. <laughs> <laughs> but now we move on to what I would imagine his third most famous movie of his early career. And that's Videodrome. Yes. Um, Yeah. I think we all, I mean, when I think of Cronenberg, the fly scanners, Videodrome, that's kind of the order I go in. Um, I mean, Steve, I I, I put Videodrome higher. Well, no, no, that's just like, Oh, well, you think, uh, I, I mean, like, oh, recognize no order, no order. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that yeah. is like how yeah, you, what he's known as what he's known, known for. for. I would say that he would that would be third on the list. I think scanners because of the head exploding scene is pretty famous. It's like, I, I, I would say Videodrome when I think Cronenberg, it's Videodrome and the fly. I think most people have seen the scene from scanners. I don't know if they know it's from the movie Scanners. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, you're right. You're right. I, yeah. I, I guess the imagery and the iconic nature of that scene, that is most connected to Cronenberg. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And and I think Videodrome is more like, okay, well, you've seen The Fly, but have you seen Videodrome? Like, that's but the... Have you seen this Videodrome? That's the next thing that somebody says, because it's such a fucking weird movie. Right. <laughs> you know? Um, and you seen it, right, Steve? You, you, oh, oh, I remember that. Like that was the thing where, I, like, it was like, oh, I, I've never seen a Cronenberg film movie, and I remember going and buying a DVD, and it was like Videodrome, and like the box was all wild, and it was all like TV, like um, like our our uh, oh, what are the, the color bars? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, what is this DVD? What is this movie? And then I watched that movie, and I was like, what is this movie that I just watched? <laughs> What I mean, is you know, happening here? It, it, it's weird. I feel like watching it now, mm. I gain a little bit more perspective on it. Yeah. Um, because I feel like there's a lot going on in it that echoes to what's going on now, like the ability to oh, yeah. capture somebody in video and have them be immortalized through just these videos and things like that's that's a pretty new concept that we're like. Doing. The 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 tech in the movie might be from its time, but the actual like theme has aged very well. Right, right. I feel like um, having a cult based around a a channel is no different than having a cult based around a website or a Twitch channel. And these ideas of having like imagery that is violent and graphic and drawing people in with that 
Mm -hmm. Man, that's the internet, right? Yeah, I mean, like, that's... In a nutshell. (laughs) Hey, come to this place. We've got all this messed up stuff. Right. So how apparent are James Wood's politics in video games? (laughs) Uh, Can you please explain that? Well, I guess, like, his lust for the violent and graphic, I think that's obviously apparent in his politics <laughs> because that's <laughs> the things he likes that's what like being a man and being tough and fucking bitches like that's his mentality now uh that i gather i've seen vampires yeah yeah i mean that's vampires <laughs> is basically who james woods is now like that character is who right. james woods is now um so yeah like i guess it's more uh, vulnerable look at that type of character because you know he's kind of obsessed with video drum. It's almost like a drug hmm. in it, and it's um, it makes him weaker and it, he's insecure because of it. Like this film is more layered and nuanced look at his shitty ideas. I guess I don't know, <laughs> but he's he's not a good person in this movie. No, his, his character like he's a sleazebag. Yeah. And to me, that's James Wood's best characters. Like, yeah. I mean, characters that Hades. I mean, <laughs> I mean, like, honestly, yeah. I mean, he does play like shitty. You don't want James Wood as your hero. He's, he's a much better villain I, I, in like, real so, life. And <laughs> so the actual video drum itself, I, I, I look at the colors of it because it's it's bright blue and it's bright red. Mm-hmm. And, and the first thing I think of when I seen that even when I was a kid was watching scrambled porn on cable. Yeah. Because it's the same color palette. It's like that blue and red, that sharp blue and red. And it's kind of, it's blurry and glitchy. And that's, I feel like that's the inspiration for video drone video drone being a channel that you watch will watch people get tortured. And you know what, you know, What's kind of funny because like, you know, Videodrome, body horror. We've always had that like genre for it. Body horror. Right. Um, But like a more modern horror that has that it just fits into is analog horror. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yes. 100%. It's kind of crazy how it's, you know, that fits into that like nicely as well. I mean, you could make an argument that maybe it even was a precursor to that. You know, oh, one thousand percent. Yeah, you know, like it, it, it kind of set the stage for that because it, it, it's, it's, it's a found footage movie. Yeah, in, in some degree too. The, the, the cinematographer talked about how he didn't want to shoot the scenes on VHS because he didn't know how. Because mm. like the lighting's flat as shit, and there's no focal length at all, and it looks like a garbage basically. But the majority of the film is in VHS. In yeah. Shooting, form. shooting video at that time when everybody was like, you know, in Hollywood was used to shooting film. Like that was the thing. Like it wasn't until, um, was that 28 days later? Yeah. Where like digital, digital video, weird. like became an actual, like film substitute. I think that's what he, I don't know if that was Cronenberg's intention. I feel like with 28 days later, they were trying to push, you know, digital photography as being the next wave. And it, it eventually did become that. But yeah. I don't know if that was Cronenberg's intention with video drum. I don't know. I, I it seemed like he was using the VHS medium as almost like that was the scariest element of the movie. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> that's know? the thing. Cause it, it's um 
when you find a VHS tape, and this is, this even applies to now, like even yeah. back then, because it's like everybody back then was putting everything on tape. Yep. You know, your fucking moments of birth, people's like dance recitals. And it even got to the point where it was like, you know, people would be like, you know, snuff films. And like, yeah. that's the whole point of that film where it's like a VHS tape is not, it, it, it has, it has no sensor. And like when you find a, a VHS tape, anything could be on it. And I, that is part of that. It almost, I wouldn't want to say it, but it almost proliferated scary things like bad things yeah and mass produced you know exactly (laughs) and and like i think he took like that um you know the fact that he had worked with um what was the porn star's name marilyn chambers marilyn chambers like i think he was taking some of that and putting it into this because you know porn was another big thing on vhs so everybody was looking for the next big the next thing the next you know genre of porn because they got tired of the other porn that they were interested in. They wanted some a little bit push the envelope a little bit. Yeah. More. Like, and like that very much. That's what this movie is. It's like someone trying to push the envelope to the point where they push it too far and destroy themselves. Yeah. Like, 100%. And, and that's, I think the most appropriate Cronenberg uh, ending. Yeah. Is in this. And I think the fly, I think those two hold like, that's the way those movies should end. They should end with the main character killing himself. There's no other, there's no other way to go. They have they have been far too corrupted and have gone too far. Right. Um. I, yeah. This movie uh, was also one of the first films to have Rick Baker involved at all. Mm-hmm. So he he did all the special effects with the giant chest vagina and the handgun. Um. And it all looks cool. It's so cool. It's so so cool. <laughs> okay. Cool. Uh. This is a funner movie to talk about than to watch. <laughs> That's one thing I'll say. Yeah, yeah, you know that's always kept me from actually watching Videodrome. Is like I'm like I think, and everybody's like, yeah, like you could watch it. It's just kind of like not worth it a little bit. I'd rather watch The Fly. Yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. But like this movie, I think is like you said, it's fun to talk about because it's so wild in points. Yeah, and it it's just uh, a lot of great ideas, and I feel like it's a solid ninety minutes too. Just. You know, I I feel like that helps it. It's a shorter runtime because it's yeah. those crazy ideas. You're just like, okay, that movie just washed over me. Now I'll, I'll think about it for a week. Um, but yeah, I, I I I suggest watching it just for the ideas that it proposes. Yeah, but yeah. So that's Videodrome. Uh, really enjoyed it. Has a 79% on Rotten Tomatoes. Audience score of 80%. It had a box office of two point one million and a budget of five point nine. It did not make its money back. That's, that's one of the few films that he's made that didn't do it. Um, I think that's that was at the time a very weird movie conceptually <laughs> yeah. for audiences. Oh, we're gonna get into a bunch of those in his career. Yeah. <laughs> so let's go back now. Since we did we did video drum, we're gonna move on to another film, which I feel like is probably his most Hollywood-esque movie that he's ever made. And that's The Dead Zone. Mm. Um, that's uh, my favorite Dragon Ball Z anime film. <laughs> this, is Christopher, this is Christopher Walken. Yeah, Christopher yeah. Walken is the lead. It's also live. That one's bad. Uh, did you ever... Did All right, so Steve, I know you, you saw Dead Zone. Devin, have you ever seen Dead Zone? I don't, it's not ringing any bells. John, I'm uh, not sure if you did, but I, I'm, I, I, it's kind it's of the, the Dead Zone. The right? Dead Zone. 
Yeah, it, never it's a Steve, it. Yeah, it's a Stephen King book. Um, Stevie King. Steve, old Stevie King. Stevie King. Old tricks, getting in trouble. Uh, it's 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 a solid movie. It's really it's actually I think a very underrated Stephen King adaptation. Mm-hmm. Like I think in the long scheme of things, you hear about The Shining and it and all those other things, but this is this is good. It's a good movie. Uh, I think Christopher Walken really carries the film too. I think he's great. Uh, they originally wanted Bill Murray in this role. Hmm, interesting. Which would have been fun, I think. But I like Christopher Walken better. He's weirder. In my head, and this is this is a weird thing where there are three movies in my head, and like they're not even around the same time of release, but they blur. Where I always think of the Dead Zone, Omen, and the Prophecy. <laughs> just like those three movies like interchange with like for some reason which i don't one, even yeah which one's the one where he's like the he's like the angel he's that's not the, even in the omen i think the prophecy yeah he's the not that's in the, the one with the children that's I the watched, richard donner movie. one time i watched like <laughs> all three omen. prophecy movies back to back to back like a weirdo i like had nothing going on like on is the, he like, satan in that night. movie Isn't he, he plays in he plays um the angel with the horn gabriel gabriel i don't know oh okay he like honestly because and they only really lay on it one time because like he's like playing with a kid and he tells the kid he's like oh blow my horn and the kid blows the horn and all of the windows on like the city block blow out and you're like oh okay that's cool but <laughs> yeah like i watched that the sequel and the third one for okay. some reason <laughs> De- Devin saw that in a theater and somebody ran in and said he's gonna blow the horn and blow all the windows out and Devin was like damn it <laughs> i don't <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. That's exactly what happened. I think uh is it Eric Stoltz in the prophecy? <laughs> yeah, I, I, and he's so weird and dumb right. looking. That's right. Okay. All right. Anyway, I'm talking about the Dead Zone. Dead I Zone yeah. is a movie about a guy who gets into a car accident, ends up in a coma, comes out of the coma, and he has a power, and his power is he can see the eminent death of anybody he shakes hands with or any bad thing that they might do. It's kind of weird. It goes, it could be anything. It's like, um, it's like, um, like what women want. What women want. Yeah. What women want. Death and horror. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, um, it's Stephen King book. Like I said before, they wanted Stephen King to adapt the film or the, to adapt a screenplay for the film. But the script he wrote was too involved and convoluted. And Cronenberg uh, actually found the, the script to be needlessly brutal. And the changes that Cronenberg made in this movie, along as well as with the writer Jeffrey Bohm, um, King actually liked, which is usually par for the course for King. Oh, if King likes to throw it out. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, this film is weird because it's like almost three separate stories mm-hmm. uh, instead of three acts. Like there's a story where he comes out of the coma and eventually finds out about his power. And then it, it there's a dissolve and time passes. And there's a story about him trying to find a serial killer with the help of the police. And then time passes. And then there's a, a part of the movie about him interfacing with a senator and realizing that the senator will destroy uh, all of the world by launching nukes on Russia, and he has to stop him. 
Um, this this film in general, although it has those weird like episodic nature to it, it's it's very much reminds me of a superhero movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, you get like the origin in the first act, and you get like the the first mission in the second, and then the final story in the third. Uh, him trying to save the world, basically. And it, it, it his character functions the same way. It's more like, it's very much like a superhero's power causes him to be an outcast. Um, like your Batmans or, you know, like those types of characters. Um, so yeah, it kind of follows that same story path. And it's good. It's a good movie. I, I think it's really well made. It's, uh, Christopher Walken's great, like I said before. And it's very standard fare for Cronenberg. Uh, it has a 90% of Rotten Tomatoes with an audience score of 76%. Uh, the budget for this film was $10 million. It made $20.8 million at the box office. Ooh. Ooh. Okay. Double, doubled the budget. And I'm sure they were happy with that. That was, uh, that was a big success for his first big Hollywood movie. Right. But now we move on to arguably, I think... The famous and the best Cronenberg film, and that's The Fly. Uh, made in 1986, of course, not the old one. Yeah. Uh, this remake, and that's what it is. I find, I don't know about you guys, I find a lot of the horror movies I love are remakes. The Thing, yeah. The Fly, the fly. <laughs> um, uh, uh, Invasion of the Body Snatchers, Invasion the 70s of, one. Yeah, that's really good. Like, um, they take these really cool concepts that directors watch when they were kids and they made them even more scary. Well, you know, it's kind of interesting. Like when you, when you say it like that, cause it's like, yeah, it's like the filmmakers of today are all like, Oh, you know, they kind of grew up on like a lot of pop culture. So that's why, you know, comic movies and, and superhero stuff is like crazy huge right now. But like, you know, back then they have these old science fiction fifties, like movies. So it's like, they were making like, star wars they were making remakes of like classic horror movies like the blob um and then you have john carpenter desperately wanting to make a western and making escape from new york yeah (laughs) you know what i mean like they're all the movies that they loved as kids and they're like i want to make that movie i loved when i was a child this is still like a really young medium at this point so you know having this was like the first lineup of movies from the early days of film turning into remakes Right. And I feel like then it was more accepted. I yeah. Feel like it, then it was more like par for the course. It was almost like musicians doing standards, you know, jazz musicians doing mm. certain standards like that's oh, OK. Of course, John Carpenter's going to do the thing. You know, that's his style, you know, right. He's going to make that. And there was um, there was less of a oh, we need to cherish the original in any way possible we need to like be very strict because like that's kind of like what a modern remake is a lot of days where it's like we need to make sure we have tons of references to the original source material so anybody who was a fan of the original doesn't get their doesn't get their feelings hurt like you know john carpenter was like oh the thing that weird movie about like the guy who like blonks around like the arctic (laughs) base i'm gonna make it a fucking weird alien that becomes you and then like an odd commentary on aids in the 80s (laughs) yeah like like you know i i trust me and you're like oh i don't remember a meat flower being in the original thing (laughs) but yeah you know like it made it better made a better product and yes that could be definitely said for the fly 
I feel like the fly, uh, the Jeff Goldblum fly with Gina Davis. It's just, I think every element that David Cronenberg was crafting in the, in his, his career on top of it being a remake of a movie he probably always loved as a kid. And it's just, it felt like there was a lot of passion in it. Um, and, you know, I've seen it so much and it still holds up. It is such a fucking good horror movie. That movie was like always on HBO, like back in the day. Oh yeah, it was constantly playing. And it's just, it's so fucking brutal of, of a movie. Um, mm. And, you know, in the original Fly, the guy goes through the the transporter and he turns into the fly. Like the moment he goes into the transporter. No, no, no. This is way worse. <laughs> this is a slow process, baby. A slow, awful metamorphosis that looks more like cancer than, than it does look like somebody turning into a fly. Put your penis in the medicine cabinet, baby, because <laughs> that's what we're doing here. The Brundle Museum. Of body parts <laughs> in his medicine cabinet is one of the best things in body horror history. There is yeah. nothing better than that. And you know what's fun? It doesn't start off bad. It it is again like Videodrome, a slow process to corruption where mm-hmm. there's like that peak where it's like, oh, I'm loving this, and then you have you know the downfall of the character. But like the part where it's like he's going to bars shirtless and he's <laughs> fucking super jacked and he's breaking arms, like yeah, that scene's fucked up. Yeah, it's <laughs> fucked up, and it's all has an undercurrent of just like absolute horror because you know he's going through something that's not normal right and you don't know what the rest of it's going to look like but you know this is the beginning of it and that to me is horrifying Mm -hmm. there's no and not to mention that they build up a really great relationship between gina davis's character and jeff goldblum's character like they really are in love and there's real chemistry there yeah and it just makes it all the more sad and tragic and horrifying. Um, yeah, just everything is working in this movie in, mm-hmm. a, in a really good way. And the end is awful and sad, but it is so good. Um, and just everything, everything leading up from the vomit drop on the, the sleazy ex-boyfriend's leg and arm to <laughs> Gina Davis picking up the <laughs> shotgun and aiming it and it holding it at its head like fucking... Right. Wow. Yeah. That's like a Shakespearean. Like, kill me. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, man. Um, Great drama. Great horror. I don't know what else to be said about this. Um, Mel Brooks produced this film. Huh. It is a comedy. <laughs> it is a comedy. He refused to put his name on it because he didn't want people to think it was a comedy. Brooks Films. You don't want to, you don't want to have the, what is that? Is it Brooks Films? Yeah, it's Brooks Films. Yeah. Um, Cronenberg was asked to direct, but declined originally because he was attached to Total Recall. He was going to really, make, he was going to make that instead of this. You know what? I'm going to say it. I think they both made the correct choices. I think Aiden. they made the best choices. Yeah. <laughs> no better choices. Paul Verhoeven needed to make Total Recall. They did a swapsy doodle and wham. It was beautiful. Um, and that's Orion Pictures and Dino De Laurentiis just realizing the right talent to pick for the movie. All right. So I'm sitting here and Chris, you just reminded me of this. Yeah. Chris. Okay. So Brooks Films, they produced The Fly. 
Yep. They also produced the Elephant Man, David Lynch. Yes. Lynch, Cronenberg. I'm just saying this Mel Brooks fella might have his finger on the pulse of movies. <laughs> well, I just like the fact that Mel Brooks knew of good shit outside of comedy. Like, I feel like that's yeah. not necessarily... Like, there are some comedians and some comedic directors that know how to branch out and do different things. I mean, you know, as a master of parody, I guess you got to know these things. Like you got to know the actual, like what good film is and what makes good films. So, well, it just goes to show you that comedic directors are probably smarter or at least the ones back then. And then most other, because they just knew how to, they knew every genre and they knew how to pigeonhole it perfectly. Um, uh, Cronenberg ended up rewriting the characters and most of the dialogue in the film, but kept the original plot that was laid out by Charles Edward Pogue. Uh, John Lithgow was approached to play Brundle, but declined, stating it was too grotesque. Come on, John. Come on. Come on, John. Hey, John, why don't you come on, John? Come on. Uh, oh, a cutscene originally had a monkey cat. Uh, but test audiences didn't understand the relevance. <laughs> I mean, you know what? Um, fucking idiots. <laughs> I know, right? Because like, it was supposed to be his attempt to fix what was going on in his body. So he's trying to put monkeys in there. Yeah, so he was putting a monkey and a cat in there and trying to separate them, but he couldn't. So he just had a monkey cat running around. <laughs> Dude, that's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> it's fucking great, right? I love that. That's awesome. Okay. Uh, 93% of Rotten Tomatoes, audience score of 83%. Box office, $60.6 million with a budget of $15 million. Huge success. Huge success. Uh, 1986. Great movie. Loved every minute of it. Now I can't say the same thing about Dead Ringers, which is the next movie on our list. Now, of course, we all know The Fly, but we don't know Dead Ringers, right? Sorry. No, we do not. Uh, that's what I thought. Um, Dead Ringers. Dead Ringers is a movie about a set of identical twin gynecologists that end up uh, addicted to barbiturates and killing each other at the end. This is a true story. This really happened. <laughs> there. There was a uh, a group of uh, twins. Their name were Stuart and Cyril Marcus. They were both gynecologists and both died together at the age of 45 due to barbiturate withdrawal. Oh, yeah, Cronenberg. Yeah, seen this. You know, it's funny because every time you say, you'll say the title of a movie and then my brain will think of a different movie. <laughs> so, like, I thought do. you were talking about the movie Dead Heat. I think I think I had Dead Ringers on the uh, the Halloween list last year. Yeah, you did. Yeah. Ah, that wouldn't have been a good pick. (laughs) 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 It's like it's not even a horror movie. It's like it's a drama. Oh, dear. Um, And it has Jeremy Irons playing two separate characters. He's playing both the twins. Oh, he army hammered it. He army hammered it. And uh, De Niro and I think... Who else was on that list? I think it was De Niro. I think De Niro said he didn't like the subject matter. He didn't like the fact that he was a gynecologist. And he also said he couldn't play two characters at once. And that was a big out for a lot of actors. But Jeremy Irons is a great actor. So he knew he could do it. Um, Him and his brother Hans. (laughs) 
Irons use the Alexander technique, which includes posture changes and facial tics to differentiate the two twins he was playing. So he actually walks differently and he slumps his shoulders differently when he plays the twins. Okay. Which is kind of cool. Um, it's kind of like, uh, you know, when we see Clark Kent and Superman, you know, yeah. like right. Frank Quitely used to draw him like all hunched over. Yeah. And, yeah. The uh, slouch, he just physically looked a little looked, bit different. He looked a little fatter too. You know? Yeah. Uh, that's kind of what they do with this, uh, what Jeremy Irons does specifically, which is cool. Um, but this film is not great. I don't like it very much. It has a Rotten Tomato score of 83%, audience score of 82%, which is weird. Uh, box office, 14 million, budget, 13 million. I think this was a tough film for a lot of people to understand. And um, it's, I don't know where to place it in his career either. Like, Right after this, when I'm going to jump into next is Naked Lunch, and that is like fucking on another planet. You think he was just like mad that they didn't get Dead Ringers? So he's like, I'll fucking show them. <laughs> Maybe a little bit. Show them some weird. I think that's, I think Naked, all right, so we're going to move on to Naked Lunch now. Uh, Naked Lunch, Naked Lunch is uh, uh, an effort to make the weirdest <laughs> fucking movie ever made. I'm reading the tagline. Well, not the tagline, but the the plot. I'm not a big William Burroughs fan. I don't like his writing. I don't like him as a person. I think he's a pretty abhorrent human being. He was a heroin addict with his wife. He ended up doing uh, their William Tell uh, show at his house where he would would shoot glasses off her head while he was high on heroin. Well, one night he shot her in the fucking head, killed her. And then ran away out of America to Morocco to escape his the justice that he rightly deserved. <laughs> I did not know about William Burroughs like that. Uh, it's a yeah. bit of that's a, yeah, that is a bit of a red flag when someone is uh, doing that. Yeah, I. <laughs> and then he like went on raping young boys in Morocco. Oh Jesus! Like this dude's a piece of shit. Like I, I, I listen. Beat writers weren't the best people in the world. Like, wow, he's I, still alive. Yeah, I know. Um, shit. Like Charles Bukowski, I like Charles Bukowski, but the guy was kind of a piece of shit. But his books were good. William Burroughs wrote bullshit, just weird bullshit that didn't make any sense. And uh, that's what this movie is. <laughs> it's fucking weird bullshit that doesn't make any sense. Um, I don't know how else to describe it. And it has Peter Weller in it. Speaking so softly, I want to kill myself. Oh my god! <laughs> it's just we're back. We're back with the soft speaking. I can't fucking stand it. I can't stand it, and I, it's a serious pet peeve of mine. Um, any soft-spoken main character, woman, a female, male character, can't stand. Cronenberg um, stated a direct adaptation of Naked Lunch would go way over budget and be banned in every country in the world. Rightfully so. He thought it would, or he believed it would be. He believed it would be, but he, you know, like he basically, this film is not a direct adaptation of naked lunch. It's a direct, it's an adaptation of all of William Burroughs work. Oh God. What a weird thing to be like a huge fan of. No, I I, trust me. I I I think it is a weird fucking thing and I don't (laughs) understand it either. Um, Mm. But yeah, I I this rated really low for me on the watch. 
<laughs> uh, is a Rotten Tomato score sixty nine percent. Nice uh, audience score seventy seven percent. Box office two point six million. This movie cost eighteen million to make. Wow, one oh of my the God. failures. What a... One of the failures. What a weird amount of money to spend on a fucking bazaar. I mean, I get it. I mean, what year was this? This was nineteen ninety one. Are we saying we we might be going down? No. No, no, it goes back up. It comes back up. Well, for me, and uh, like, listen, people, this next movie we're going to talk about, people really don't like, but I, I, or they really love it. It's one of the others. I'm in the kind of the really love it angle of it. And that is Crash. Oh, right. Fuck. Yeah, I remember Crash. Yeah, the, right. Academy, Award, Crash. the yes. Academy Award winning. No, movie. not that one, Debbie. <laughs> yeah. I remember that. The no. movie about car sex addicts. Car sex addicts. Crash. Car crash sex addicts. I'm sorry. So the whole idea, yeah, the whole the whole thought process behind this was, I'm going to make a movie about a fetish that doesn't exist. And... and Wink. <laughs> yeah. Yet. Yet. Yes. Welcome. And he made a world that was so cynical and so nihilistic that it made perfect sense that this fetish could exist. And that's Crash. Yeah. James Spader. James, you put James Spader in a movie, it's going to be dark. Oof, and it's going to be sexy. That's what you're going to get out of it. Dark and sexy. Um, this movie is filled with sex. It is yes. 70% of the movie. <laughs> I'll never forget the, the scene where it's like, we've got a, a what is it? A James... Um, James the fuck Spader, is his name? not James Spader. Um, what the fuck is his name? Uh, Rebel Without a Cause. Uh, oh, Jimmy James Dean. Jimmy James Dean. Dean. Yeah, James Dean. <laughs> Jimmy Dean in his sausage mobile. Uh, James Dean's like fucking the car that he crashed in. Yeah, the Porsche. And they're they're like going nuts. Like they recreate crashes for the audience of crash fetist fetishists, and the people go insane. But then the police come and break it up. <laughs> And they all scatter <laughs> like children getting caught in yeah. like in the woods drinking beer. Yeah. <laughs> and they're all adults, which is hilarious. <laughs> this movie is crazy. It's it's a crazy idea. And but the 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 best part of it is the world that David Cronenberg creates, or this is this is a book, so the world of the story mm-hmm. is so dark and and just empty. That it makes sense. It makes sense why this would exist, and and it it ends up not being weird, which is I think really cool. In in some way, <laughs> but it's I'm, a weird. Uh, What's that, Tevin? No, it's just yeah, it's just never. I know, I know. We've always joked about it because it's just crash. Um, yeah, but uh, no, it's so. Well, it's just very strange just looking at and again we'll talk about it, I'm sure but it's just it's very f- kind of strange looking at its cinematography because it, it peaks and valleys and then kind of gets weirdly like oh yes oh, the Oscar award winning director <laughs> David Cronenberg well, that's the that's the interesting part about his career because I feel like there are some of his movies that the concept adds substance and there are some movies where the concept takes away substance from the movie and the good ones this the concept supports the substance of the film they're tied together like the fly is that that's why it works and there are other movies where he just 
is throwing out something and he's not sure if it's going to work. And it kind of draws, it takes away from the movie a little bit. Um, but that's not crash. I feel like crash works. Uh, you know, who didn't feel like crash worked? Francis Ford Coppola, uh, who was the jury president of the 1996 Cannes film festival. He hated the film so much that the other jury members in favor of the film banded together to present Cronenberg with the special jury prize. Coppola refused to give him the award. Wow. <laughs> it's kind of shitty, right? What a good. What a weird God. Does Nicolas Cage also hate him too? Is it... No, is it I don't think it's family for... vendetta. I don't think the it's Coppola's. <laughs> the Coppola's all hate him. No, yeah. I just think France for Coppola is up his own butt. And uh... I mean Godfather. Excuse me. <laughs> what is this shit? Um, Wait, and it was for Crash? It was for that... Crash, yeah. This film in particular. Hmm. Interesting. Um, many countries, basically every country, tried to ban the film from being released, but to no avail. It still came out. Yeah, his naked lunch came out. Come on. Yeah, right? That's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Um, AMC posted security guards around the theaters making sure the film it kept minors out. They didn't want to oh. have kids in there. That was the um, that was the origin of the Stubbs card. Or the, uh, <laughs> the <origin of> the <laughs> Stubbs Club. Yeah, the Stubbs Club, AMC Stubbs Club. You know the Stubbs Club and go see Crash. You look at yeah. a Stubbs Club <laughs> card, you're going to get shot by the security guards. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. Um, I, I, I like this term that he used to describe the movie, and I think it fits. Uh, pornographic in form, but not in subject matter. That is exactly how this movie works. And it Ooh. and it is different and interesting, and I implore you to go see it. James Spader, Holly Hunter, all uh, uh, Deborah Unger, all give great performances. Where um where did you watch Crash? Chris? I had to find it because nobody you had to wants find to, it. You nobody's putting this on a streaming service. No, not on Disney Plus, huh? <laughs> it's fucking sad. <laughs> what if Crash came? Would that get you back on Disney Plus, Chris? Yeah. <laughs> That's an easy. Oh, we got the animated version of Crash too. <laughs> Fuck yeah, dog. <laughs> Songs. I want to see Deborah Unger talking about how cum tastes animated. Yeah. That well, sounds you know, fucking great. Okay, monkey or er, monkey's paw. Uh, it's in the art style of Cars. <laughs> oh, it's all cars. It's all. Ca- well, I mean, better actually. It's humans know. crashing into cars, oh, getting the off. Cars on it. jerk off their mufflers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that's good. That's I'd see that movie, and I <laughs> joined back it. up. We did it, guys. Feige, you know what you need to do. This has a sixty-four percent of Rotten Tomatoes audience score, sixty-one percent. Has a box office of twenty-three point two million dollars and a nine million dollar budget. This movie made money. Can you believe that? <laughs> I'm generally shocked. Yeah, yeah, it's weird. I, I, I mean, really am. Maybe he just has lots of weird, snotty friends. They all <laughs> millions, from millions what of them. From, from what I've heard, to some people, this is like a it's like a cult hit. Like people will, will mm. they'll play this in midnight showings, and people will go there and I don't know, throw carburetors off at the him. screen. <laughs> <laughs> mm. So that brings maybe, us. Maybe he's like, it doesn't exist, and then he found out very quickly it does exist. And oh, they all probably the because of the movie. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. Um. So we move on to a lesser film of Cronenberg. I think this is also another valley for me. Uh, that is Existence. 
um, is written Existence, directed right? Existence, right? Existence, yeah. Uh, featuring Jude Law and Jennifer Jason Lee as the lead characters. Uh, is written directed by David Cronenberg. It's based on the life of Salman Rushdie, who was in hiding due to a fatwa being put on his life, writing uh, the Satanic Verses, I think the book is called. Mm. You guys remember that in the 90s. There's a Seinfeld episode about it. Yeah. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> What's a fatwa? What is that? It's like a holy war, a holy assassination. By the oh, yeah. oh, it was a jihad. Okay. Yeah, well. No, not like a jihad. It's not... essentially just like. No, but isn't a jihad it's been... a holy war? No, but it's it's like literally a hit. It's okay, like yeah. oh, okay, okay. taking out on somebody. Like <laughs> okay. I'm going to kill that person. A holy war on Chris. <laughs> Essentially, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. And when you say it like that, yeah. you I'm just think of American Team America now. So the film basically is Cronenberg had the idea of a fatwa against a virtual reality game designer. So the concept is that there are these game pods that are organic, right? They're like these fleshy things that you keep on your lap and they plug in to uh, a second asshole that's at the base of your spine. <sighs> and you you go into a reality that is like ours. Uh, there's a game called Existence and it's held on one of these game pods which burned out and Jennifer Jason Lee created the game and she's being hunted. Because the game is life. Of course. When you die in the game, you die in real life. Right. And the funny thing is, it's got it's got a lot of relation to the Matrix. And this is 99. Nine. Okay. So this came out three months before the Matrix. Man. Do <laughs> you imagine? If this got popular. Almost. If this Almost, was man. This, if it was this. And now, fucking thirty years later, we're like, oh, let's plug flesh blobs into our butthole. There's a scene in which Jennifer Jason Lee is like tickling the hole that you all just got put in. Aww. And I can only imagine like that getting really popular. <laughs> like, this is the one, man. This is the movie. Like over the Matrix, like they were just like, you know, that's that scene where they finger his second ball. It's iconic. <laughs> dude, the, the finger and hole scene. Oh, dude. Yeah, what bullet time? That's stupid. But hold time. You know I what? Think... Maybe if it had the Matrix music, it would it that, that's what yeah, it That's it. That's that's really all it's missing. Um there is no poon. Yeah, this is a weird <laughs> this is a weird movie, and I'm I wish it was famous, more famous than the Matrix. Um, um yeah. Do you think Cronenberg's like what do you think is like house looks like do you think it's just fleshy sacks everywhere listen this guy i think he's just he's a jokester i think he lives in a nice fucking house i think he, he's he almost just lives like, in like a cement house with like it's all like really cold and like no soft services i kind of think that nerds come to his house and be like so what were you thinking when you originally created the car crash finish and he's like i don't <laughs> fucking know man it's like i was high dude what <laughs> the me alone. fuck are you talking Nerds! It's the second one this week. <laughs> like Hi. That, okay. They got in again. <laughs> we joined the flesh acts. That's that's the Cronenberg I got from interviews. Like he seems kind of like he takes he takes the shit out of things and yeah, take, seems, taking the piss out of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he doesn't take himself very seriously, and I I respect that so much, especially for these types of movies. 
Like if he was some dickhead with his head up his ass, I think I would hate these movies. <laughs> oh know? my, yeah, I guess he's he's very aware of what like he's like, yeah, dude, I think it's weird shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's I feel like he's got a lot of self awareness, and that helps when you make movies like this, in my opinion. Um, but yeah, this has exists in seventy four percent of Rotten Tomatoes. Audience score sixty nine percent. Box office two point nine million with a budget of fifteen million. Who gave him fifteen million for this man? <laughs> Wait, it only made two point something million. Two point nine, yeah. Oh, uh, I, I guess everybody's seen the Matrix. Everybody saw the Matrix, man. So why would I see this shit cop? <laughs> yeah. Okay. No. That's what are you talking about? You got that butthole, man. You <laughs> got that butthole scene. I'm trying to find like a Google image of the butthole, and I can't. Oh, All right, guys. Wait, no, there it is. This is going to be the last film on my list. Um, I didn't again didn't watch the previous, the next five, but I've seen them before. But I I don't feel right writing them into my notebook if I haven't seen them this month. That's just the way I am. So we're gonna stop on History of Violence, which is not his skipped last. Right film. over Spider, huh? I skipped over Spider. <laughs> <laughs> God it's, fine. it's fine. It's totally fine. I was. I woke up. almost like, I didn't watch spiders. No, Fox I, didn't. <laughs> I, didn't I thought it was a PlayStation One game. <laughs> Fuck. So we're gonna jump ahead to History of Violence, which is my second favorite Cronenberg film. Um, I really like this movie a lot. I think a lot of it works really well, and I think the first time I saw this film, I thought it was corny i thought the dialogue was corny i thought it was weird a little off-putting i just think it works really well in what he's trying to do i think i got it a little bit better as an adult Um, okay uh directed by david cronenberg written by josh olsen it's loosely based on the original graphic novel barely based on it uh vigo morrison was originally disappointed in the graphic novel and only agreed to the project after Cronenberg rewrote the story. Uh, the film's title has three meanings. Uh, suspect, the long history of violence, the historical use of violence as means of settling disputes, and the innate violence of Darwinian evolution. Interesting. This, um, this is a movie that works functions as well as the fly i think it's it's one of his better made movies for a large audience Mm. i think the message is is as clear as day uh unlike a lot of his other movies i think vigo morrison is great ed harris is great william hurt deserved the academy award he got for this Um, rest in peace by the way rest rest in fucking peace peace. Mm. rest in peace baby um yeah uh, he's only William Hurt's only in this movie movie for like nine minutes, <laughs> but he's fucking great. <laughs> he's so good. Uh, did you ever read the um the book like the graphic novel? No, no, I never. So fun fact, uh, this was so I I um one of like every time I had a, like a, an English class or like a film class or something like that, uh, we had to like write about something. You know, like that kind of end of end of like term paper or something like that. And I, I reused the same report like four times. Um, <laughs> but it was basically about and I fucking nailed it, by the way. It was basically about because this was 2000, like 2005. You, right. It came out in 2005. But like when I wrote this thing, it was like 2000, like seven, 2008, I think. And um, it maybe even 2006, but A History of Violence was one of those movies where basically the article or, you know, the thing I was writing 
um, like the term paper, whatever it was, was about how like comic books and graphic novels are going to like start slowly taking over the industry. Because mm. um, I said, I was like, listen, when you think of that, you, you know, because this was again, this 2000, like six, seven, whatever it was. So it was there, like we had Spider-Man, we had the X-Men movies, but I was like, History of Violence like won an Academy Award. And spoilers, like I was like, that's a graphic novel, you know, and I and it was like one of my core points that I would, you know, point to with my laser pointer on during my presentation. Um No, you're and, right, man. I f- I feel like that's a good point because like I feel like this was the first auteur comic book film, like the yeah. first interesting and, indie. And then different. um God, what was the Tom Hanks movie? Um, oh, Road to Perdition. Yeah, when was what year yeah. was that? Road to 2003, 2002. I yeah, oh, yeah, 22. I was like Road to Perdition, uh, um, History of Violence. There like, was um, uh, uh, what was it? Um, the uh, Alan Moore, uh, something Hell from huh. Hell. Well, from hell from hell yeah. yes so like I Dude, that wasn't all even these... close to the comic by the way that movie no that comic is literally just words yeah it's <laughs> yeah. literally just word 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 it's all fucking three by four uh square panels in black and white it's so hard to read <laughs> so funny enough though the um i mean the violence <sighs> part in history of violence the graphic novel is actually i think worse than the movie I can believe that. I think um, uh, Beagle Morrison said that the the novel lacked any type of plot. It was just like brutality. <laughs> it was there was like uh, yeah, because like the way he loses the the guy like the guy who like loses his eye when he was a kid or something. His eyeball gets stuck in like barbed wire, and he like mm. yanks it out, and it's like yeah. horrible. And I was like, oh man, it's totally gonna be crazy. And it's just like, you know. But just considering who directed it, you'd think it'd be a lot weirder. But it was just like, no. Simple, simple story about a man uh, lying to his family, is actually a murderer, and then his family accepting him at the end. <laughs> Which Kinda, is yeah. really, but really you know, cool. they also they also sixty nine on the stairs. So they do, they do. There's a lot of brutality in in that in that sex. Happy Mother's Day. (laughs) I've noticed like the same amount of brutality and physicality goes into the sex as the fight scenes in that movie. Yeah, Mm. like there's it's like wrestling and throwing themselves around and shit. Like there's like it's almost as if Joey was there the whole time and she just blissfully was ignorant to it. You know, his wife. Yeah. And that's yeah. It's like there were there were signs, but you know, I mean, this was Vigo right after Lord of the Rings, pretty yeah, much, I right? So. I feel like, and then everybody realized that he was a weirdo the whole time. <laughs> I I really like him in this. I think he's uh, he's really good. I think the acting in general is the probably even better than the direction. I think that's the best part of the movie. Mm. Uh, yeah, I think Ed Harris is fucking great. In this movie, he is ominous and scary, and from Philadelphia, uh, <laughs> which goes hand in hand. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I uh, really enjoyed this film. My second favorite Cronenberg movie by far. It has an eighty-seven percent on Rotten Tomatoes, with an audience score of seventy-six percent. Has a box office of sixty-one point four million and a budget of thirty-two million, so it definitely made money. Oh, that made bank, yeah. That made fucking bank. Um, yeah. And thus ends my my Cronenberg quest. Uh, I've seen Cosmopolis. I've seen, like I said, Eastern Promises. I really like all of his later films mm. quite a bit. I, I feel like 
he got better as a director. Like, yeah, I feel did. like for some reason I never remember his old st- or his his later stuff though. I only remember I only remember the eighties because the, I, yeah. like I think I think he's calmed down a bit. Well, he as was cranking as, like, him out, plots. and then like so. Yeah. so Steve, existence came out right ninety nine. Existence. Mm. 2002 spider came out but nobody really knew what like again kind of blew out and then history right. of violence came out so that was 05 and then eastern promises is 07 and then again dangerous method cosmopolitan or cosmopolitan polos cosmopolis cosmopolis polis, I think there is how you say it. uh 2011 2012 and yeah so it just kind of sounds like he's slow down a bit so he hasn't really directed a movie movie i mean map to the stars i don't know what that is um and right then, that's his, his most recent film oh okay yeah this is an actual movie uh a tour into the heart of hollywood family she's okay yeah i, I want to watch because that. I, he, that's the only movie i haven't seen yeah i mean listen i get hollywood's like it's hollywood baby like what have you done for me lately but it's like this guy is like he goes from like I don't say but I, I, I tend right, to think. What were you going to say? I'm sorry. No, I, I think he he'll do. I think he's he's calmed down a bit. I think his his ideas have become a little bit more grounded. Yeah, I think that's why he's gaining a bigger audience. But I feel like his next film, Crimes of the Future, is exactly what he was making back in the day. Mm. Yeah, except he's like, a little I think bit... that's old Cronenberg coming back. Yeah. Well, I mean, again, he won the last movie. Again, I mean, I was just looking at it. What was it? It was um oh, no, that's his eight act. years between yeah, his last yeah, film. Yeah, after the star was twenty fourteen. Mm. Yeah, so he's well, I mean that, that's heavy. just gonna happen with older directors. They're gonna they're gonna slow down. Yeah. Like yeah, yeah. That's fine. I, I, I feel like I like the fact that he's coming back and doing something that sounds like stuff that he made when he was younger. Like, I think that's, yeah, cool. I think it's him bringing new, new perspective on those crazy fucking ideas that he's always had, but adding in the grounded nature of the movies he was making previous, you know? Yeah. He'll make his ran. Yeah. That's, that's a good way to put it. <laughs> I I'm excited for crimes of the future. I think that's going to be, it's going to be really good. I haven't seen um, the the yeah, latest. Very right? much. I, I saw the teaser where he's like that weirdo in the the coffin, but I haven't seen anything past that. Yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah, no, it's a, just it is interesting because it'll go from Academy Award winning quality movies to just kind of like oh yeah, well like what is three? He made like two movie, three movies that he just like came and went and just nobody even knew about them, right? Um. But I guess that's yeah, also I mean, that's just the swing of of how yeah. movies are going. Yeah, that's that's it's probably also it, the scape of Hollywood. Yeah, it marks Cronenberg's return to horror and science fiction genres since Existence, which was 1999. So he's <sighs> going back to the fold, baby. Going right, so back what's to the out, well. What's coming out in three months? That's going to like redefine how movies are made after. Well, I need to. Well, I, I hold on. So, Chris, let's go. Let's go to actual like what the MFK rundown is for all these movies you watched. Okay. <laughs> so, um, Shivers, I would say, is a solid fuck. I think it's mm-hmm. um, a kind of a, a weirder Dawn of the Dead. Um, Rabid. Rabid, I think, might be a marry for me. <laughs> okay, that's a really fun movie. Uh, Broods a fuck. 
I, I think Rabbit, I, I like Rabbit of, of all of his early ex, exploitive films. I think Rabbit works really well. Um, Scanners, I think, is a kill for me. Ooh. Okay. I don't think Scanners works very well as a movie. And I think it's the uh, pacing problems. I think it's it's unfinished. That's what it feels like. Uh, Videodrome. I think Videodrome's a marry. Uh, <laughs> I just, I don't even think the movie's a marry. I think the concepts are a marry in the movie. But I just love, like I said, I love talking about it. It's such a fucking weird movie. And it's so different. Um, and I really enjoyed it. Um, Dead Zone, I think, is a fuck. It's a decent, you know, hmm. uh, almost superhero-like horror movie. Uh, the Flies and Mary. I mean, that's, it's a great movie. There's, it's a great yeah. fucking horror movie. One of the best. Yeah. You know, uh, Dead Ringers is a kill. I didn't like uh, the, the drama and the concept. I think it's cool. It's a real story. Uh, I'd be much more interested in reading a book about those guys than watching that movie. Uh, Naked Lunch is also a kill. I, I don't, I don't ever want to watch that again. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> Crash? <laughs> Crash? Crash is almost a marry, but it's a fuck. It's a solid fuck. Great set. <laughs> if you want to be weirded out. <laughs> I, 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 I get why it's a cult movie. Like I would go see this in the theater. Yeah. I knew it was playing somewhere. Um, existence is a kill that movie just that movie falls into the same problems that a lot of movies about video games do where they don't know what the fuck they're talking about and it is obviously about something else uh, yeah you know (laughs) but interesting idea (coughs) but just not executed perfectly history violence is a marry Uh, I think that's a great movie and on a high note on this one. Yeah, and I'm like like I said, this is Peaks and Valleys with with Cronenberg. Like I I don't love all of his movies. I think there are some really good ones. I think there's some really not good ones. And there's some middle ones. There's some in the middle too. Um really interesting career and a guy who's willing to take some chances with his concepts mm. and who doesn't get upset and and it doesn't act like an asshole when people don't understand them. <laughs> I respect. I hear you. I like it. Um, But next week, or next week, well, get get ready, Chris. Next month, we got Jean Claude Van Damme, uh, Bloodsport, fucking Universal Soldier, Kickboxer, uh, uh, Lionheart, (laughs) Lionheart, (laughs) baby. uh... We're gonna get all those big splits in. (laughs) Yeah, time cop. I'm gonna. I'm just gonna look up Jean Claude's. I think looking at this, I'm going to have a, a dark horse favorite. Mm. When I had to look at it. I'm pretty sure my dark horse favorite is hard target. I love hard target. You talking about the movie that takes place in the hockey rink? No. Isn't the end of hard no. target take place I, in the, the hockey I, arena? I thought it was like the bomb. The... No, I don't think. Oh no. I might be, I might be a fool here. Um, no, I think that's the one where it's like there's a bomb. Yeah, there's a bomb, and that's not hard target. Hard target. Hard. Hard. Hard, hard, hard target hard. is the. Uh, it's hard, hard to hard say hard. a lot. It's that's the movie. Oh, that, sudden death. Sudden death. Yeah, you're thinking of sudden death. Yeah, I am thinking of sudden death. That was the one with. Um, I think it was John Woo's first movie in America. Oh yeah, you're right. 
Yeah. Hard Target, Hard Target is, is fucking slaps, dude. Directed by Hong Kong film director John Woo. And it's based off of the most dangerous game. Classic. Yeah, his name's Chance Burdo. Bjordo. His <laughs> name is Chance Bjordo. Yeah, dude. <laughs> no, that's a name. I don't know what. An out of work Cajun merchant seaman. <laughs> yeah, dude. Yes. Yeah, dude. Is that, that sounds pretty movie? good. I also think this might be the movie where he punches a snake. That could be so many of them. Okay, dude. You don't know. You don't know. Fuck they all blur. Yeah, they dude. all blur together. I had no idea um, this was John Woo. I'm, now I'm excited. Yeah, I never knew. I mean, like, in hindsight, because it fucking rules, but at least it does in my memory. You know, I hope it okay. I hope it holds up. But that, okay. like, if I'm Add being, like, list. 100% honest, I'm just scanning it. Because, like, I never was a big Universal Soldier dude. Nah, I mean, you know, Street Fighter. <laughs> I like Time Cop. Time I used to have a, a is, cardboard standee of Time Cop as a kid. I mean, Time Cop is pretty fucking great. Yeah, man. Time Cop's a fun movie. So, I, I, man, I hope you're going to... The same being can't operate, operate the same space, whatever the fuck that was. <laughs> Are you gonna Occupy. are you gonna try to watch all these or are you gonna are you gonna like kinda pick the, the I'm gonna I'm gonna pick a handful. Now I have hard target. I, I didn't even know about this. Yeah, so yeah if I if I had to pick one, I was like, oh pick hard target. So um, I'm thinking Bloodsport, uh Kickboxer, um Lionheart, Universal Soldier, Time Cop, Hard Target, maybe Sudden know. Death. Uh, you, are you gonna? Uh, you know, you know J- JCVD. I think the that's world is your. Eh, Double think, I mean, that might. Eh. Let's just say is, that movie didn't reemerge him as an actor like no, it promised. No, sure, but I, I did like it quite a bit actually. I he, he didn't have a Van Damme's response. No. Yeah, he did not have a Van Damme's response. Oh, uh, uh, you know, we'll 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 talk about this next yeah, yeah. next episode. Of course, of, of course. your show. Yeah, we'll figure it out. We'll figure we'll out. We'll figure out the list. Watch. We'll figure out the list separately, and then we'll talk about it on the show. You know, we'll 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 nail down a good list, but. So that's it, folks. That's the end of another Galani and Chill. Uh, I hope you croned your bergs. <laughs> My berg <laughs> has been thoroughly croned. I'm going to damn you, van your dams next Ooh, month. So That sounds sexy. Get ready. I'm going to be kicking shit. Ha! <laughs> ha! Kicking all out of stuff. Ha!